Welcome into the AU Radio Comics Corner. I think you never outgrow your love of these stories. A weekly look at new and upcoming comic book releases. I loved anything that was imaginative, that was high concept, that was a little bit bigger than life. Join us. You guys are great. Pull up a beanbag chair, settle in, and thumb through this week's issues with George and Travis. Purveyors of entertainment, we hope. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome on uh, down to the pod, uh, <laughs> the podcast, yeah. the, the one about <laughs> comics. You know. Um, Hi, George. How's it going, guys? Hi. <laughs> Doing well, man. How are you today? I'm I'm feeling a little out of my element. I didn't actually work today, so I haven't been uh, I haven't been in the store that much today. Yeah. Well, you must have had time to read some comics. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sure. That's what that means. Yeah. I, I on the other hand, have been here since seven. <laughs> Oh, that's got to be fun. Yeah. You get, I, I just drew a cat in pajamas. Well, that's that's phenomenal. Aren't you the little Lebowski urban achiever over here? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we had some comics out this week. We uh there was a there was a bunch of a uh, bunch of new ones. Uh lots of lots of crazy crazy starts of stuff and some weird one-offs and things. One that definitely deserves uh, recognition and to be read by me <laughs> at some point soon is uh, the new Umbrella Academy miniseries. It's called Hotel Oblivion, and it's uh, reuniting Gerard Way and Gabriel Ba. And they have done phenomenal work on the first two series. Uh, the first one was just called um- The Umbrella Academy. And then the second one is called Umbrella Acal- Academy Dallas. And it happens to uh, have uh, something to do with the JFK assassination. And now they're uh, they're doing another one now. So that should be uh, should be super duper exciting. If you have never seen anything by Gabriel Ba um, on the art, he is phenomenal. He's from South America, and him and his uh, brother Fabio Moon do some really really good work together. So if you ever see those guys' names on anything, give it a, at least give it a look. It's it's going to be pretty. Does this one tie into a, a historic event as well? I don't think so. Uh, I think they're kind of just going off and doing a. It seems like a more of a mystery. Um, but I will I will report back once I get this one read. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that one coming up and uh, getting kind of excited, and then just completely forgetting to research any uh, anything about it. <laughs> it's definitely worth going back. I think uh, if Corey were up here, he would be he would be singing this this book's praises because he loves the first two. Yeah, I think I'm about halfway through the first one. Cool. <laughs> I need to go back and read them again, honestly. Maybe even before I read this one, just so I can kind of get back and tracking on what really is going on with these books. But it's uh, the elevator pitches. It's kind of Gerard Way's misfit X-Men. And they are just this, uh, this group of young people that have crazy superpowers. And they are, their actions are orchestrated by some, some really interesting characters that I don't want to butcher the description of. So I'm going to hold off. <laughs> I should, uh, we, remind me to ask Corey about the, the elevator pitch in general for the umbrella Academy next week. I'm sure he'll do it much more precisely than I would. Yeah, they, uh, they are definitely interesting characters. Yes, well, yes and indeed. one of them's part eight. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. We got the second issue of the United States of Murder, or sorry, the United States versus Murder Incorporated, changing the title from its earlier run. You read the first one of this, right? Yeah, I read the first one. I haven't got to that one yet. Uh, it left off kind of with the main character going through proving that she's a good assassin. Oh, nice. <laughs> And it looks like she's probably the one on the cover of the second issue here. Yeah. But yeah, that's Bendis doing his one of his uh, kind of indie creator-owned series uh, in the new Jinx World imprint at DC with uh, Michael Avon Oming always on the art with that one and being a wonderful artist. 
Did did you get a chance to read Juke Joint? Yeah, I did. I actually had read it. Um, I think I read it uh, just that first night that we had it. Oh man, it was it was really good. It's I it's uh it's dark. It's very dark, and it's, yeah, it does promise to be pretty dark. Yeah, with a with a trigger warning in the front inside front cover to boot. I don't remember any other comic I've ever seen having that, but it's probably. I mean, I feel like the writer. If I'm going out on a limb here, I feel like the writer had an idea for this story and wanted it to be at the same time a good story and interesting with great art, which it certainly does in the first issue, but also be kind of an educational tool to to allow for people who either don't know that that kind of thing, you know, sexual abuse and that kind of stuff happens way more often than people who have never experienced it probably realize. And also for people who have had that kind of experience happen to them, um, they actually list the phone numbers for like uh, sexual abuse hotline, uh, suicide prevention hotline, and domestic violence. Uh, all phone numbers you can uh, reach out to if you um, if you need you know help or if you don't know what to do when you're dealing with those kinds of situations. So uh, the story itself, it's very heavy handed uh, intro there, but uh, the story is about a juke joint run by vampires and the people that go out of line of the code of conduct uh, certainly do not live uh, to regret it <laughs> most of the time. So uh, we'll be uh, dealing with that premise of a story and going forward, uh, seeing how that all plays out. Yeah, definitely another one I was looking forward to when I first saw it. You, uh, um, you want to throw a few out there? What did I read? I kind of rattled them off on the on the other show. Mm-hmm. Um, I read, uh, oh, I got a chance to read um, Lollipop Kids last night. Oh, nice. How was that? That was uh, really good. Nice. Uh, comic about uh, all the... So I I kind of had an idea before what it was about, but when I read it, it I, I had it a little off. So uh, all of the old world countries kind of got together and decided that they didn't want their folklore monsters. Okay. So they put them all on a big boat and just shipped them off to America and dumped them <laughs> off. <laughs> awesome. And so the, they've, they've all kind of are being held in uh, in Central Park, New York. I had almost gotten nice. a, I had almost gotten like a fables vibe from what you were describing, but that's definitely a little bit different. Fables yeah. is uh, all the all the you know fairy tale characters decided to move to New York uh, and mm. g- get apartments and stuff because their fairy tale land had some bad business going on that they wanted to get away from. But yeah, originally I I, I thought that it was like they just came with like all the the immigrants when they came oh, over, right. but uh, no, they're definitely going with. Uh, yeah, we don't want these anymore. You guys can have you them. You ship them out. <laughs> I'll be disappointed if that doesn't end in a martial arts tournament. <laughs> <laughs> there are some little kid wizards, though. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. All right, now I got to read that now. <laughs> Do they have boo in their beards? No. Nope. Not that kind of wizard. No. Okay. They're, they're a little young. They don't have beards yet. <laughs> oh. But one of them may have, may have peed their pants. Okay. <laughs> that sounds promising. <laughs> I'm just going to mention them because I know they are sought after by some people, but what if a couple of what ifs came out? Uh, one is what if Flash Thompson became Spider-Man, and the other one is what if the X-Men became weird digital genetic uh, things in a world that uh, exists where it's, it's it's confusing. I don't know. I'm guessing that they kind of ran with that whole uh, storyline before when uh, when Cable basically had the internet as a mutant power. Oh, sure. Okay. I get him being on the cover, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> I almost didn't bring it up because I didn't quite understand, but that, that gives at least a tiny bit of context. Yeah, that, that was a weird time. <laughs> you liked that one, didn't you? Oh, yeah, Dead Rabbit was so good. I need to uh, pick it up. Yeah, it was... It was. Uh, I, did, I, I got kind of a, almost a Dexter feel part of the way through it. Okay. 
Dead Rabbit is like a pseudo celebrity hitman, bank robber, just kind of jack of all bad trades, I guess. <laughs> and then he he steals like ten million from his boss and then disappears. <laughs> right on. And that one's written by Jerry Dugan, who's been doing a lot of stuff over at Marvel, but has his roots kind of in in Image Comics and independent stuff. So it's kind of cool to see him in John McCrea, who has done a lot of crime comics in his day. I think he's uh, he's one of those 2008 guys from back in the day, if I'm not much mistaken. He worked with Garth Ennison a lot, I'd know. It looks, it is looking to be, I just flipped through it before we started up, and it looks like a a romping good time if you're looking for a crime comic. Yeah, it was, it, it was very interesting. And, uh... I, I love that he he's so in in seclusion he works at a, at a as a greeter at Walmart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I suppose some some people work at the Daily Planet. Some people work at Walmart. Greet at Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he explains right. why in the book. So, pick it up. <laughs> you didn't happen to read that one, did you? Uh, I I haven't got to War Bears yet. Okay. Cool. That's uh, the second issue of Margaret Atwood's War Bears, uh, which is uh, kind of doing an homage to old Canadian comics after World War II. You had mentioned, the yeah, last time? yeah, kind of, kind of their their homage to the to the old writers before the American comic industry came in and just ruined it. <laughs> and it's and it's awesome because they're doing this story within a story thing. And the War Bears are the main characters of the comic book that is being written within this comic yeah. book, right? Okay. I, 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 I forget what her name is, but she has like these little two little bear sidekicks. Yes. That is so good. I uh, what were their names again? Uh, Ursa, Ursa Major and yes. Ursa Minor. Yeah, very nice. I don't remember so her name, but I don't remember theirs. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but it's awesome because it goes and it flashes into the actual comic book in the comic book, and there's a couple of pages of black and white. Uh, Orsonette is that the name of the character? Our heroine Orsonette. Yeah. So, it's yeah. such a fun concept having the actual, I mean, that comic itself is about the author of the comic within the comic. Mm-hmm. You get to see his work. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a nice little look into just how rough it was to get into yeah. comics at the time and mm. just the, the weird hoops that they had to, yeah. and, and I'm sure probably still have to jump through to get their stuff published. I'm sure mostly a thankless job as it, as it probably still is today a lot of the time yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> Is it looping? So is what he's writing in his comic looping back into the main storyline in his life as well? Kind of like uh, Black Freighter style. Uh, the uh, the first one, he he definitely uh, he just had the idea for the comic that, okay. that just kind of came to him while he was like working way late. Okay, inking some other dude's comic. Got it. I didn't and know if it was running like parallel themes like they try to do in some books or something like that. That's yeah. that's that's one of the best. Examples of that, though, is the Tales of the Black Freighter from Watchmen. Oh, That's yeah. a phenomenally done little, like, ley line that he mm-hmm. just kind of keeps throughout the comic. Yeah, the way that they present that is just flawless victory. Yep, yep, yep. I need to go back and read that again. It's Me been too. way too long. <laughs> Me too. Miss the squid. <laughs> uh, we mentioned it on the other podcast, uh, but it's definitely needing to get mentioned here. But uh, we had issue 50 of Nightwing. Um, which uh, the main cover features a, a horrible... Does this count? Kind of. Yeah, a little bit early, but yeah, all right. Maybe, maybe. He's got a wonderful, <laughs> he's got a wonderfully gory looking gash on the side of his head, and it's that's all it is, is you see the side of the Nightwing's shaved skull. And uh, the implication is that, I guess, 
spoilers, you get shot in Batman. He gets shot. I mean, it's, it says it right on the very first panel of the first comic book. He gets shot and in, in the head. And with the head wound, you deal with some memory loss and some brain functionality not being 100%. And so I feel like, I, I'm not sure if, if Tom King decided, hey, I'm going to shoot Nightwing. Or if uh, Benjamin <laughs> Percy said, hey, can you shoot Nightwing for me, Tom King? And uh, <laughs> however that ends up playing out. Um, but in the background, it's now uh, giving the writer of this comic the opportunity to tell a story about about somebody who has very serious trauma to, you know, your your main functioning organ in your body of which you would not be able to live and just telling it in a way that definitely deals with, you know, what happens with amnesia when, you know, people who are central to a community of people um, suddenly basically completely falling off the face of the earth and not really knowing who they were and all those things that go along with that. And it's definitely going to be interesting going forward because Nightwing is uh, not really Nightwing right now. Yeah, he he just <laughs> decides not to deal with it. He's just... Yep. It's like, I'm going to go drink and play pool. Yep. Sorry, Barbara. But, you know, uh, you, you say spoilers, but if you've been reading Batman, the, it, it seems like he's really been leading up to it for the last few issues. Yeah, they've been dealing with the relationship of uh, of Dick and Bruce for a yeah. while. Yeah. Just look, had to look right at you, Jason. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this, this, I'm curious to see when, when Batman, Bruce Wayne is going to go and try and have a conversation with him and try and shake him out of this, uh, altered state. Yeah. Maybe, maybe when he gets done doing what he did in the Batman that came out. Hey, yeah. (laughs) And that's going to be, oh my God, that if if you, that's the storyline featuring the KG beast. Yay. Yay. That guy. Our favorite. Yep. <laughs> I, some of my favorite artwork from Tony Daniel in a long time. For some reason, he's just he's just hitting on all of the perfect cylinders for the story, and it's it's going to be crazy going forward. Yeah, that issue was really good looking, and they they left it on a really nice uh, cliffhanger for a lot of action in the next issue. Yeah, and then oh, and it has a nice foily cover to boot. So if you haven't been reading Batman and you want an easy place to jump in to get some action, it's actually not a bad time. That one is probably one of the better looking foil ones that came out. I, yeah. Although I really liked the the Green Arrow one because it, it's not a whole lot of foil, but it, mm. it's like he has like face paint on, and and that is the foil. Okay. Interesting. I, I don't think I saw that one. Oh, I, I didn't care for the Green Lanterns one though. Yeah. He he looked a little weird. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I think there's like three or four more ones coming in next week, but I'm sure we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Uh, a quick shout out and have to. Uh, Batman and the Max miniseries uh, mini crossover between IDW and DC. Um, Sam Keith writing and drawing like he always does with the Max. Um, it is, if you're a fan of the Max or Sam Keith in general, this is sure to be worth looking at. And I've, I've read part of it, and it definitely just jumps right back into that old uh, the, the Max world of the Outback. Nice. Where you just, what is going on here? <laughs> the part you were describing earlier was pretty funny where, where uh, Batman was trying to just help Max with something that was kind of obvious. Oh, yeah. He, he, I forget how he even get, got into the position, but I, I think he like did a, a superhero landing or whatever, and his hand was stuck in the dirt, and Batman's just like, well, just take it out. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's very reflective of the Max as yeah, a character. <laughs> Max, he's, he's a good guy, but he's not exactly the brightest. So it's, it's good to be partnered up with you yeah. know, the master detective. His so. sense is very uncommon. <laughs> uh, we got the Superior Octopus number one. 
Well, there's your squid. Yeah, I know. Right? I missed him. And I, I, he was here all along. What was I even worried about? Um, but yeah, uh, Otto Octavius getting his own miniseries uh, using his uh, Octo Spider suit. And we'll... Uh, and, we'll and that's kind of rolling out of the Spider-Geddon yes. universe? Yes, thing? as the tag on the cover would indicate. But uh, that's there's all sorts of new comics that are being co- are going to be coming out of the Spider Geddon stuff. So if you are a sp- fi- fan of the Spider Man, there's going to be a lot of material there for you. Oh, so much, so much Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say he has forty toes? Might might be 40, 40 different books, <laughs> one for each toe. <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, what else did I read? Oh yeah, Aaron Boys came oh, out this yeah. week. That's uh, right. That was that was a uh, kind of a fun take on uh staying in school <laughs> it's like i think the, the the major lesson in that book is uh it it's this society where if if you don't go and apply yourself and get yourself a good job then you the only thing you can do is just run errands for people <laughs> and this poor guy just ends up in the worst situations constantly and then, uh, and then other bad stuff happens and his brother moves in. <laughs> so he's got to look after his little brother and figure out how to make money hmm. and run from monsters. Make, make yourself useful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any other singles you want to throw out there? Uh, there was, there was Death Orb that was really good. Uh, not quite as good as Dead Rabbit, <laughs> but, uh, it was, it was a pretty fun little read. It's a, going to be a short, I think it's four or five. Okay, cool. Issues, nice, nice little uh, dystopian Mad Max type feel to it. Guy running around the wasteland with a head in a bag. <laughs> nice, <laughs> right on. Some graphic novels of note came out this week. Um, Eternal Empire by the Luna brother Jonathan and Sarah Vaughn, uh, which is the same creative team as did the uh, the series Alex and Etta, which is one of the most phenomenal emotionally charged stories about a robot and his her owner's uh love story Hmm. and it is uh this was this was really really good it it's a fantasy story that uh has to do with these two main characters who have this uh, ability to create these uh, magical swords and things uh, when they are close to each other so with their powers combined they have a lot uh they have a lot of power but when they get separated by the forces of bad they're uh definitely it's been really, really good. The artwork is super crisp and solid, and anything by either of the Luna Brothers is usually uh, is usually really definitely worth checking out. Nice. So they're the the less lame Wonder Twins. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's them on the cover there. <laughs> uh, we got uh, Wonder Woman Earth One Volume Two by Grant Morrison and Yannick Paquette, and Volume One was a crazy ride it's the the earth one series are just all reimaginings of the the characters origins um not not for the sake of changing them in continuity but for giving a a, you know generally a really strong creative team the chance to just play around with the character and do whatever they want to do with it and i am i have no idea what the second volume is going to be about but it's grant morrison and it should be phenomenal because that guy (laughs) that guy writes some mind-bending stuff, but when he gets to a character like Wonder Woman, he usually tries to bring the core of the character out, and I think all the stuff that's been going on with Wonder Woman lately, he probably is going to be riding the bandwagon of, of positivity, not the uh, not some of the weirder stuff that can kind of come along with reimagining characters and kind of taking them down. Yeah, they're, they're doing enough of the, the, the dark side with 
all the Justice League dark stuff that's coming out. Right, right, right. Which is another one that came out, the Witching Hour Part 1. That's right. Drop this week. And that's going to be the, there's a one shot that starts it off this week, and then it's going to kind of jump between Wonder Woman and the Justice League Dark series? Yeah. Okay. It's going to be a five-part cool. uh, jumping back and forth. Nice. Uh, dealing with what happened in Justice League Dark number, was it two? Two or three. Two, and, I think you're right. And, and her run-in with Hecate. That that wonderful being that like loves to troll a bunch of different mythologies and pantheons of things. Um, we got volume two of the Gravediggers Union, which we had been mentioning right when it started, and uh, we we did we let it drop off a little bit. I'll admit, but since then the second volume was out, I figured it would be worth uh, giving a shout out because this actually wraps the series up. Hmm. So if uh, if you'd heard about it and thought it sounded fun, uh, you can now read the whole series and collected. Nice. And then one final shout out on my end on the graphic novel end of things <laughs> is by the wonderful Pia Guerra, who illustrated Why the Last Man by Brian K. Vaughn back in the day, uh, a wonderful look at our president called Me the People. <laughs> and it is uh, an editorial cartoons uh, collection of Pia Guerra. And she apparently, it seems like she must do this a lot because there's a lot of really good stuff in here. Uh, depending on your political bent, I would suppose it might uh, offend some some people. But, you know, in the way that political uh, political ads are meant to be kind of uh, reactionary, there's definitely some, some fun stuff in here. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> that nice. sounds awesome. What are we coming next week? Next week, uh, there's, there's some really good ones coming out. Uh, more of the foils, the Catwoman number four comes oh, out. Nice. Ooh. For some reason, I thought it was Wonder Woman, but Catwoman comes out. Okay. Uh, Bully Wars number two comes oh, out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to seeing their uh, Scotty Young's version of the Hunger Games yes. done in, in, in high school. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, the third issue of Crowded, the new story arc of Domino starts with number seven. Cool. Uh, Farmland, Farmhand number four. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, it seems like that just came out, though. It's been, or did, or did I just slack off enough on reading it that it's? The date might have shifted a little earlier in the month, but the last one we got in September. Yeah, I feel like it was two weeks ago, maybe hmm. three weeks ago. We got the last one. I'm excited. Nice. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're actually getting into into positive numbers on the Spider Geddon. Oh, oh, we're in. Yeah, we're the, above the, above the num- zero. The number one comes out next week. Sweet, <laughs> and. Uh, Close to my heart, uh, X twenty three number five comes out, so oh, I, I get to I, I get to find out what happens. <laughs> either be upset or hopefully not. Yeah, I'm so irritated right now, but it, it's it's a good story so far. You precious honey badger. I know she's so fun. <laughs> not so much now that she's like possessed, but <laughs> <laughs> they'll get her back. There's some there's some cool trades coming out. Uh, Hellicious oh, nice. trade comes out from nice. uh, Starburns Press. That should be fun. Uh, Iron the Iron Maiden collection is uh, coming out. Ooh. Oh, cool! Uh, Kong of uh, the Planet of the Apes. Okay. Uh, the New Mutants Dead Souls collected edition is coming out. The, is that from the more recent series? Yeah, it just came out. It okay. was like a little uh, mini series. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So it might end up being like a couple volumes. Okay. But, uh, and then the the Punk's Not Dead is uh, getting a... Oh, right. That was, the, was that one of the Black Label ones? Yeah, it's one of the Black Crown. Black Crown, uh, that's right. Yes. Everybody's doing... Where, uh, where a kid gets uh, haunted by the ghost of Sid Vicious. <laughs> huh. that's, a, that's a premise. Yeah. 
(laughs) (laughs) Right on. Sounds like a bunch of fun stuff. Yeah. So I had a question for you guys again this week. We'll see if we can do better than the last couple. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My question this week for the two of you is, uh, what what, uh, comic book villain have you most sympathized with in your reading history? For me, probably... uh, just with the with the backstories that they've written for him, uh, probably Magneto. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That is a good one. That one's super solid. L- living through the the Holocaust, and then your wife gets turned into a cow. So you can kind of <laughs> see what took him where he went, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That'd uh, you know make me a little grumpy. And he's <laughs> and to to give credit where credits due, he's come over to the he's come over to the good side a couple of times at least. Yeah, yeah I he's don't, not one hundred percent evil, right? I mean, like he's. He's got motivations that lead him toward the yeah, that are not great, but uh, um, he was part of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, self-proclaimed for a while. So, but I mean, right, I guess right. everybody has yeah, shades, yeah. shades of gray, shades yeah, of gray. Yeah. Uh, mine uh, would be Koshki the Deathless from Hellboy, because that dude, while being a ruthless conqueror of sorts, uh, ended up getting just completely becoming the puppet of other forces eventually in his life. And, uh, all, I mean, you know, there's, you know, history is written by the victors and all that, but, um, is, you know, he exists, he's been in the world for centuries and centuries and now he's kind of technically finally dead, but he got uh, messed around with by the Baba Yaga a lot. Mm. And that story is just really tragic. And it's, uh, at, at the end of it all, he ends up telling his life story to Hellboy in Hell, uh, you know, and they're kind of just frenemies at that point. But he's a he's a really interesting character that's tied in a bunch of um, a bunch of different folklores, mostly Russian, but yeah. and stuff. And that brings me to the final point of this podcast. <laughs> there is an image that is it's self-proclaimed legendary AF of Hellboy played by David Harbour that just got dropped in the Internet this week. And I won't, I won't go on too far about it, but Mike Mignola did an interview with Deadline. You can find it online if you want to, uh, where he was talking about some of the production end of things. Specifically, he had a conversation with David Harbour about the character. And he basically, like, I am not, now I am not worried that David Harbour can possibly get the core of the character. Uh, I'm, I have no doubt in my mind that this is going to be the best Hellboy that we could possibly hope for. And Mike Mignola even said he went to the set at one point, and the, for the first time he'd ever experienced, he was looking at the set design, the the setting, the characters, the costumes, and he said that it had, what he was looking at jumped completely off of the comic book page and was just like he had imagined it and envisioned it in the first place. And so he didn't say that was like the entire set, but he said that that happened at least one point. Awesome. I am really excited. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. And that's going to be coming in April. It's got bumped back from January, but that just gives them more time to do post-production stuff. One other quick mention, too, for anybody that has downloaded this podcast the first day that it is released. And thank you for staying on top of the download schedule there, folks. Uh, 24-hour comic book day, Saturday, October 6th, 7th? Uh, 7th. Uh, sorry, it'll start on the 6th <laughs> and go into the 7th. It starts. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, depending on when you're listening to this, yes. come on down yeah, for yeah. the sidewalk sale and 24-hour comic day. Absolutely. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, should be fun. We're going to be we're gonna be sailing out a lot of different stuff. I'm sure you can f- uh, bug us on social media and figure out. We'll probably have an advertisement posted up on Facebook to let you know what's going on with that. Absolutely. And, uh, well, th- th- thanks for coming, Travis. Yeah. J- Jason? Anytime, George. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
If you'd like to contact the show, find us on Twitter at AU underscore radio, Facebook at AU Radio Podcast, or send us some electronic mail at podcast at advunderground.com. And remember, you can support this show and all the shows coming on AU Radio by becoming a patron of the AU Radio Network. Find us on Patreon as AU Radio at Adventures Underground. You can help us create this podcast and soon several others with as little as $1 a month. Thanks for listening to AU Radio. 